Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part two of his teaching in Revelation 15 called Righteous and True. In 12.1 and 12.3, the sign of the woman in heaven, the sign of the dragon in heaven, the conflict of the ages. In 15.1, another sign, now the judgment. God's response to the conflict, if you will, is that he is going to judge. He is going to judge for all the persecution that's come against his people. And I believe this would include his people Israel and the church. It's going to be divine payback time. It's going to be time when we wonder, well, what happened to all these people who, you know, even today, if you can stand to look at the reports of the Middle East and hear what's happening to our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, it is absolutely staggering what is happening to children and to moms and dads in the Middle East. Things that, you know, we don't want to look at. And one day those things will be recompensed. God will judge. And I saw 15.2, as it were, a sea of glass. We saw this sea of glass in Revelation 4.6 before the throne of God. So this scene again is in heaven right before the throne I saw Revelation 15 too, as it were, a sea of glass mixed with fire. And those who had come off victorious, that's where we get the word Nike, Nikao, from the beast and from his image, from the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God, something like an ancient guitar. Next, we see this sea of glass. So uh, my wife is uh, one who's responsible for most of the graphics in the church. So she said, well, what's the main image of Revelation 15? So I said, a sea of glass that's mixed with fire. Can you, how can you do with that image? It's a weird combination of images, isn't it? When you think of a sea of glass, you might think of a glassy uh, sea. If you're a water skier, a glassy uh, lake, that's kind of the ideal conditions uh, to to go ahead and water ski on. If it's glassy and you're a surfer, it's cool as long as the waves are good. So if it's glassy and not choppy, surfers love that as long as the, the, the swell's not one foot. But if it's glassy and it's good waves, then it's like, dude, yeah, gonna get some barrels, man. The sea of glass, look back at Revelation 4 for a second, is before the throne. We get the first scene of heaven in Revelation 4 after the churches are dealt with in 2 and 3. Revelation 4, verse 5 says, From the throne proceed flashes of lightning, 4, 5, sounds and peals of thunder. These are uh, signs of judgment. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Now here's this sea. And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Notice in uh, chapter 4, verse 10, these 24 elders cast their crowns before the throne. In Revelation 7, 9, just to see what's going on before this throne, flip ahead for a second. 
you see in Revelation 7, 9, the great multitude. They're from every nation, all tribes, peoples, and tongues. They're standing where? Before the throne and before the Lamb, 7, 9. They're clothed with white, white robes and they have palm branches in their hands. And they're singing salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. In verse 11, it says, they fell on their faces and worship before the throne. Before the throne, they worship God. In, Revel- in uh, verse 15, again, they are before the throne of God, beginning of verse 15. In Revelation 8, 3, you'll see, uh, let's see, the prayers of the saints, the golden altar, which was before the throne. In Revelation 14, 3, you can see the 144,000, they have harps, they're singing a new song, and they're before the throne. There's a lot of stuff going on before the throne of God. And before the throne of God, there's also this sea of glass mixed with fire. Have you ever seen anything like that? A sea mixed with fire. What kind of images are those? If you took a sea and mixed it with the color of fire, which is red, you would get what? A red sea. Now remember, Much of the imagery in the book of Revelation is apocalyptic. It's images taken from other parts of the Bible to drive points home about what's going on. One writer says, a sea with fire in it, swirling, tumultuous. The fire swirling in the sea of glass appears to be a depiction of the cosmic disturbance resulting from the wrath of God. The fire is about to fall. Judgment is about to fall. And John mentions here those who come out, come off victorious. Look at uh, 15.2, from the beast, from his image, from the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, and they have harps of God. Now the sea is tumultuous. It's got the red and the fire in it, but there's these other people, and they're on the sea, but they've got guitars, and they're singing, her smoke goes up forever and ever. I don't know if that's the song they sing, but, but there they are. And they, they're victorious. How did they end up victorious? How do you get victory in your life? Jesus is your victory. He is your champion. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. No principality, no power, not height, not depth, not death, not angels, not any other created thing. The devil is not going to steal your salvation away. Were they martyred, though? How did they overcome the beast? Unless you took the mark of the beast, it was impossible to buy, or you were kept from buying or selling. And all the world was worshiping the beast, and they were saying, who is like the beast? And the false prophets calling fire down from heaven, and the world's going after this beast whose mortal wound was healed. But the church and those who have stood strong, these these victorious ones have overcome him. Who is the overcomer? We overcome the world by our faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11 says, by faith, by faith, by faith. They did this, they did that. And now we have those who have been victorious. And they, verse 3, Revelation 15, they sang a song. And the song that they sing is the song of Moses. Now, think about it. All of a sudden, the imagery of Revelation 15 is a sea mixed with fire 
And we said, you put it together and you kind of get a red sea. And then you see these people with some sort of ancient guitars in heaven, harps, and they're singing the song of who? The song of Moses. When was the song of Moses sung? I'll tell you when. It was right after God delivered Israel in the book of Exodus. So let's go over there. Exodus 14. Genesis, Exodus. Go to chapter 14. So we know what was happening. The Israelites were in Egyptian bondage. They were under the taskmasters. They cried out to God for a deliverer. Moses came, and he came with how many plagues? Come on, students. Ten plagues. The bowls are in the bowls. The last, the wrath of God is finished. They're the plagues of God. Plague is the, the Greek word. When Moses came to Pharaoh, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan who would not let the people of God go and kept them in bondage. And Moses came to the Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Pharaoh says, oh no, they won't go. And Moses then brought plague after plague after plague. And finally, the last plague was the death of the firstborn. And Moses instructed the children of Israel on the night of Passover, when God would pass over Egypt, to put blood, the blood of what? The lamb on the doorpost and lentil. And he said, when I see the blood, I will not judge that household. The key to deliverance was the blood of the lamb. And so God led Israel out with a strong hand. The final plague, finally, uh, Pharaoh appeared to be broken And the people went off and they had the gold of the Egyptians and the Egyptians were burying their firstborn. They were digging graves while the children of Israel marched out triumphantly with the treasures of Egypt. Everything looked like it was going peachy until the Lord, Exodus 14, verse 8, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he chased after the sons of Israel as the sons of Israel were going out boldly. The Egyptians chased after them. Remember the woman, Israel, and the dragon uh, in Revelation 12. They chased them with all the horses, Exodus 14, 9, and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army. And they overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Haharoth in front of Baal-Zephon. And as Pharaoh drew near, verse 10, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, And they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Can you imagine being there, trapped against the sea? Here comes the strongest military in the world. What kind of of, uh, fighters do you have amongst the people of Israel? Nobody who's ever been trained militarily. A people that's been in bondage for some 400 years. How can they fight this military machine? What are they going to do now? They cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Now they were all happy with the gold. They're all happy that only the firstborn uh, in Egypt died until the Egyptian army was on their heels. How do you do in times of crisis? Do you lose your faith quickly? Does it? Does your tune change the moment that 
The odds seem like they're stacked against you. Look, we're all, sometimes our faith gets tested and we don't like what we see in moments of stress and trial. You've been listening to the Walk in Truth weekend program. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And Moses instructed the children of Israel on the night of Passover, when God would pass over Egypt to put blood the blood of what? The lamb on the doorpost and lentil. And he said, when I see the blood, I will not judge that household. The key to deliverance was the blood of the lamb. And so God led Israel out with a strong hand. The final plague, finally, uh, Pharaoh appeared to be broken. And the people went off and they had the gold of the Egyptians, and the Egyptians were burying their firstborn. They were digging graves while the children of Israel marched out triumphantly with the treasures of Egypt. Everything looked like it was going peachy until the Lord, Exodus 14, verse 8, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he chased after the sons of Israel as the sons of Israel were going out boldly. The Egyptians chased after them, Remember the woman, Israel, and the dragon uh, in Revelation 12. They chased them with all the horses, Exodus 14, 9, and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army. And they overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Haharoth in front of Baal-Zephon. And as Pharaoh drew near, verse 10, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Can you imagine being there, trapped against the sea? Here comes the strongest military in the world. What kind of, what kind of uh, fighters do you have amongst the people of Israel? Nobody who's ever been trained militarily. A people that's been in bondage for some 400 years. How can they fight this military machine? What are they going to do now? 
They cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Now they were all happy with the gold. They're all happy that only the firstborn uh, in Egypt died until the Egyptian army was on their heels. How do you do in times of crisis? Do you lose your faith quickly? Does, does your tune change the moment that the odds seem like they're stacked against you? Look, we're all, sometimes our faith gets tested and we don't like what we see in moments of stress and trial. And so they're crying out and Moses finds that it's very difficult to be a leader. Oy vey. <laughs> Why did you give me these people, right? It's going to be the story for the next 40 years. But Moses said to the people, don't fear, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. How much had they seen to this point? What had they seen? 10 plagues. Maybe some of them tried to explain them naturalistically. Have you heard? Oh, the, the Nile became red because there was red mud from a storm and it, it moved into the Nile and then, and then it produced the frogs and the flies. And by the way, the skeptics also claim that where Israel crossed, it was only a couple feet of water. The ancient crossing of the Red Sea, there was actually like a land reef and they crossed in two feet of water. It wasn't a miracle. It was a land bridge. Here's the greater miracle. How did the whole Egyptian army drown in two feet of water? How about that expert on the history channel? Can you imagine that? That's a greater miracle. All these stud Egyptian soldiers in two feet of water. Come on. But they always try to come up with these things. Now, the people of, of Israel, I don't know what their talk was over a cup of iced tea or coffee. Were they some people trying to explain it naturalistically? I don't know. But Moses says, look, don't fear. You're going to see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish, middle of 13, for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. How about Moses? How about one man who's willing to believe God? He says, you're not going to see them again. And the Lord will fight for you while you what? Keep silent. I think that's code for be quiet, stop whining. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Some of you need to mark that. Go forward in your walk with Christ. Maybe you need to stop whining. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I need to. And go forward. And as for you, Moses is being addressed by God. Lift up your staff, stretch it out, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. And as for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I want you to note this, especially as it relates to what we're talking about. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen, 18. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am what? Honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. I threw out to you the question, can God be honored in his wrath? 
can he be praised for his justice? Can he be honored even in judgment? And the angel of God, we believe this is Jesus in the Old Testament, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. And so it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. And there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. So kind of a a temporary uh, uh, peace, if you will. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land so the waters were divided. And the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. That's part of the miracle. It was completely dry. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians took up the pursuit. All of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen went in after them in the midst of the sea. And it came about at the morning watch that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire. Now remember, in Revelation 15, we saw a sea mixed with what? Fire. Here we see the sea and the fire and a cloud and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve. He made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. It was obvious that something was happening from a divine hand. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. By the way, in this area, there have been archaeologists who have found chariot wheels under the sea. They cannot move them because they're too brittle with time passing, but they have photographs, underwater photographs of chariot wheels at the bottom of the Red Sea. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? So Moses stretched out his hand, 27, over the sea. The sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. And then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. The waters were like a wall to them on the right, on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore, apparently washing up on the seashore. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord. They believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Now that is a incredible account. But I want you to see what happens on the heels of this account. Then Moses 15.1, Exodus, the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, I will praise him. My Father's God, I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. He's the existent one. Pharaoh's chariots and his army is cast into the sea. The choices of his officers drowned in the Red Sea, the sea of judgment, if you will. The deep covers them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Keep in mind, this is a song. In the greatness of thine excellence, thou dost overthrow those who rise up against thee. Thou dost send forth thy burning anger 
and it consumes them as chaff. And at the blast of thy nostrils, the water, waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou did blow with thy wind and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Lord, you put lead shoes on the Egyptian army. Who is like thee among the gods, O Lord? Who is like thee, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders. Thou didst stretch out thy right hand and the earth swallowed them. Now that's a song. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part two of his teaching in Revelation chapter 15 called Righteous and True. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first a reminder, you can re-listen to today's teaching and previous sermons from Pastor Michael when you visit our website, walkintruth.com. Walk in Truth is also available for free on many podcast apps so you can listen in your own time. Apps like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and many more. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance. Remember that you can purchase the DVD teachings in Revelation on our online store when you visit walkintruth.com. I'd love to get a copy of this DVD into your hands for your own further study, maybe to pass on to a friend. And you can get it when you go to walkintruth.com. Just check out the products there. You'll see it up there on the store. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 15 called Righteous and True. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.